Hello, everyone. My name is Katyra Poland. I am the hostess and creator of Editor Knows Best, the podcast you're tuning into right now. And this podcast is for writers and authors. So we interview authors and we also provide different tips and recommendations about how to write a book, uh, publishing, editing, and any other elements that come along with being an author or writer. Um, Today, we do have a very special guest. She is a PR veteran in the field for over 16 years in PR's public relations. She is a book publicist, a workshop facilitator, and the author of Where Do I Start? 10 PR Questions and Answers to Guide Self-Published Authors. And she is also an award-winning poet. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sherry. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. So can you tell us a little bit more about your book, Where Do I Start? And um, what what motivated you to write that book? Okay, well, where do I start? Was um, The idea was actually born in the fact that I was doing PR workshops for authors anyway. I'd been asked to do one by a one of the um, authors groups that, was, that I was in in Maryland. It's called the Black Writers Guild of Maryland. And when everyone found out that I did PR for a living, they kind of went a little crazy. At that point, I was doing PR for my job, which is uh, I was as a director of marketing and PR at a museum. So we went around the room. They said, what does everyone do? And I said, oh, I'm a public relations professional. And the authors went a little crazy. And everyone had all these stories, most of them not so great, about working with a variety of publicists. And so I was asked, would you consider doing a workshop um, for the authors to kind of give them a, a, some insight on publicity. I said, sure. So I did, I created a workshop and um, from creating that workshop for this group, I got asked to do um, a workshop in DC at the DC um, Library uh, Writers Festival. And then out of that, a few other workshops came about and then people started asking me, well, do you have a book? At that point, I hadn't really thought about writing a PR guide because technically where I was at that point, I was a poet. That was the only writing I did in terms of actually sitting down. I had a poetry book, but then upon getting all these requests, I decided, well, it just makes sense. So what I did was out of the many, many questions that got asked by authors, I decided to pick 10 of the most popular questions. And so that's where, where do I start? 10 PR questions and answers to guide self-published authors. That's where it was born. Okay, awesome. And of the 10 tips in your book, which one do you think was the most important for authors? Well, specifically new authors. I think the biggest, um, the most important tip and the most important question is why did you write your book? And it's important because oftentimes authors or writers will start writing a book and oftentimes they'll start out saying, well, you know, I just want to write a book. I have no big goals for it. I'm just gonna write this book, I have something to say. And then they'll write the book and you know, through um, research says that most people write a book, if they have a fairly large network, they can sell up to about 250 books on their own. And then after that is where it starts getting a little more difficult. So what happens with a lot of new authors is they sell, they start selling books to their friends, their family, their network, And people are like, oh, wow, you should really try to sell this book to everyone. 
And then that's where it becomes, oh my goodness, I think I want this book to be a source of income. The challenge there is that book that they wrote just to write, just to have something to say, if you want that book to become a source of income, then there are other factors that now need to be included in that book, such as a professional book cover, or the book has to be professionally edited. So things like that may not be um, play a huge role when you first decided to write a book. So that's why um, I say that's one of the most important tips. And this is again, based on research, everything I write, there are three reasons why most authors write a book. One, because they have something to share. Two, to build a brand, um, a brand in terms of some experience they already have, or three, as a source of income. So again, I ask, in the book and in reality as well, I ask authors, new authors particularly, why did you write your book? Awesome. So what would you, um, what would you recommend to authors who are feeling discouraged because they haven't sold a thousand books after the book has been out for three weeks? Um, as an editor, <laughs> as an editor, I come across, you know, like you said, people write books for different reasons. And I know that there is a large number of people who do write as a source of income. So when that, when those book sales are not shooting through the roof, as soon as they, you know, publish, they get discouraged very easily. So what would you recommend to, to our authors who are facing that or uh, faced that in the past? How would you recommend they overcome that? Well, if you're thinking you're going to sell thousands of books in three weeks, <laughs> I would say you're in the wrong field. <laughs> because that just does not happen typically. I encourage authors to really do research or read about established authors, traditionally published authors. Um, people like Terry McMillan, I mean, she sold, she had a publisher and they had no marketing budget and she sold books out of her car for years. So I think one of the first things is to set realistic goals. So I'm not saying that some authors that doesn't happen for, but there are a lot of factors that go into that. It might be, I just wrote a book about COVID-19 and here, or about a pandemic and here we are in a pandemic. And so all of a sudden my book has become relevant. Right. The timing for my book is great. I want people to think about people, her, sorry, authors like Margaret Atwood, who wrote her book, um, why am I having a blank? <laughs> the series on Hulu, Handmaid's Tale. Margaret Atwood wrote that book in the 80s. And you know, she did decent sales. She's an established author. But then when that movie came out, when she got, commissioned and the movie came out on Hulu, The Handmaid's Tale, that book that was popular in the 80s, her sales just skyrocketed. So that's the other thing to, to understand, depending on your book, it is evergreen. So even if your book doesn't take off at the beginning, depending on your topic, it could happen two years from now, six months from now. So timing, it's not just writing this book, and putting it out. There's a lot of other things to think about. Timing, um, are you doing media? Is your book cover professional? Is your book edited professionally? Um, how are you selling your books? Which social media channels? Are you doing book signings? There are so many factors that go into having a, sorry, high sales, high book sales, other than just putting the book out and those are things that authors need to be aware of 
either by joining um, their local book organi authors organizations, going to conferences. You've got to put in context that that one book you've written might be competing with up to a million other books. So you've got to understand the book market so that you're not disappointed. Mm -hmm. And again, books tend to be evergreen. So if it doesn't happen now, it still exists and it could happen later. And what do you mean by evergreen? Well, evergreen meaning, um, depending on your book, there's no sort of end date. It's not okay. like buying a loaf of bread or buying flour and there's an expiry date. Um, unless your book is just really rooted in details that are very now um, specifically 10 years from now, your book can still be relevant and right. there could be a surge in interest in your book depending on your topic. So don't despair. It doesn't all have to happen at the beginning. Not everyone is going to be a Fifty Shades of Grey. And, I, and again, I encourage authors to really not just go with the hype. From what I understand, the author Fifty Shades of Grey, she really built up a massive social media following that when her book came out, those mm -hmm. were her initial, her initial sales came from that background. It wasn't a miracle as, you know, a lot of uh, authors tend to think. Behind a lot of miracles or overnight sales might be 10 years of work. So keep that in mind. And for your book, did you self-publish? Yes, I, I self-published my poetry book and I self-published my PR guide. Okay, and what was your experience like? Um, I know that there are a lot of people going the self-publishing route, and I know that we have listeners who um, are interested in that. So what, what was your experience like, you know, self-publishing your book? I will honestly say that if I was not a member of a, a writer's organization, I would have never tried it. Okay. Unfortunately, most of the writers or most of the authors in the organization I belong to are self-published. So I learned from them. Okay. I learned from their mistakes and from their successes. And I learned who to self-publish with, how long it would take, what things to look out for. So I didn't do it in isolation and that really helped. So when I made errors or I didn't get it, I could go to our monthly meetings and I had resources. So I would say self-publishing now has been happening for quite a few years really reach out to other authors. Um, there's so many articles online, really understand the process. It's not difficult, but you need to know the things that can happen in there. Familiarize yourself with the process of self-publishing, who you're gonna publish with before you dive in. That information, fortunately right now, is so readily available. It is. <laughs> or, I mean, there are people, there are companies or, individual consultants now who will you can pay a price and have them walk you through the process it's worth it you want to when you're particularly when you're self-published i mean that um stigma is kind of getting less and less but you want to put out a really really good product so that no one is thinking oh this is self-published oh it may not be good you want to do it right and do it in a way that people will <clears> not even think about it being self-published because it's edited well, the book cover is professional, the synopsis and bio looks great, the packaging is professional. Do your due diligence and take your time and get out a really good product. There's too much information available to, out here right now and too many people have done it for you not 
to be able to get a good product out. Don't rush it because once that book is out and it doesn't look a certain way, that could come back to haunt you. Yes. And I know that you said, of course, do research and network. What did you do to find like your editor, your graphic designer, your publisher? How did you go about finding those people as a self-published author? Again, because I'm with the writing organization, mm -hmm. every month um, some type of author specialist would come in. So I was fortunate. So we had an editor come in. We have, um, well, graphic design is kind of, I tell people I'm like a graphic designer okay. who doesn't do graphic design because my background in PR prior to being a book publicist, I worked in art museums and I was a communication specialist. I had to conceptualize a whole marketing um, program and PR program for like one exhibition. I would choose images, I learned alignment. So I can literally sort of look at a book cover and conceptualize what would work based on the story or the synopsis. So I have that advantage. But again, my biggest um, advice to, I'm known as the imitate, don't duplicate. If you're writing a book in a specific genre, please go out there or online, find three books. I do everything in threes. Find at least three books in the genre from traditionally published authors. Pay attention to those books. The images being used, the format of the back cover, um, the chapter um, format, because traditional, traditional publishing companies spend millions of dollars on market research for their authors. So that way, that end product from a traditional um, author, traditionally published author, is an end product based on lots of research that we as self-published authors don't have. So when I was self-publishing my PR guide, I found three other guides, um, both PR and in other fields, and I looked at the image and the format, and I did some research to find out what do guides look like? Um, what is a guide supposed to look like? What's the image? So that when I went into the graphic designer, I could say, here's three examples of what the industry's doing. Um, get that overall look in my book. And of course, I individualize it. So I always say again, you know, it's, it's nice to think that you're going to just do what you want to do. But again, if your book is a source of income, this is now a business. And there are trends and there are formats and there are strategies that work. So always start out by looking at the traditionally published books in your genre and get a feel for what that trend is. And then that will kind of give you some guidance on um, producing your own book project. Okay. Awesome. And as, as an author and also as a writer, um, what do you consider your writing kryptonite or things that you struggle with when you're trying to write? Focusing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the type of personality and the type of person who likes to do three or four things at one time. That's sort of my calming. I can't do that when I'm writing. So I am actually working on um, second edition of my PR guide and my second poetry book. My second poetry book, I want to be picked up by a publisher. Okay. I'm not self-publishing my second poetry book, but the second edition of my PR guide, I am going to self-publish again. And I realize that the reality is 
Miss Sherry, you are going to carve out at least two to three weeks where two days out of each week, that is all you're going to do over the next two months. I mm -hmm. can't mix it in with other things. Um, so, you know, I've been writing in my head, I've been creating an outline and I just, you just have to dig in mm -hmm. and say, you know, maybe it's from nine to one on this day, it's going to be about the book, whether I actually write or not, whether I just take notes, whether I do some research, you have to set aside that time. I cannot mix it in with other um, activities. And that's always tough for me. Okay. And kind of piggybacking, I know that you said that focusing is, is your writing kryptonite, but piggybacking off of that, do you believe in writer's block? Yeah, of course. But I don't know. I don't want to say it's a block. Sometimes it's just writer's fatigue. Sometimes you just don't have any ideas that day. Something that someone told me to do, and especially on the poetry site, they said, you know, Sherry, when you don't um, feel inspired to write, write, read other poets' books. And you know what? Mm -hmm. It's really been helping. Yes. So with the PR guide, you know what? What I've been doing is just researching. In fact, I just printed off an article by Jane Friedman, who's like a publishing pro uh, in the whole industry. And I'm printing out and doing research on different PR topics that can help me sort of trigger, um, surface triggers from rewriting my book. And so maybe read one of your favorite traditionally published authors if you're writing, um, you know, mystery, romance, suspense. And I found that on the poetry side, I've been reading poetry books and it's kind of lighting little flames in my brain that that's getting me um focused on it so yeah yes it's interesting that's yeah, actually working oh yes that's awesome um it's interesting that you bring that up so i published my first book of poetry in march um but i yeah dear august love august um i'm a, my most personal you know publication today right. um but i just finished reading another poet's book and now i'm like dang i wish i would I wish I would have read it first. Right. It's so inspirational. Um, it really is. A.B. Colfer. Um, I'm blanking on the title of the book right now, but it's a book of poetry. And her poetry is just so poignant. Like okay. there's so many of her poems who, that are literally like four lines. And it's like, it's so powerful. Whereas right. my poetry is longer. I have more words and, you know, it's longer. That doesn't make it any better or worse. Just different. Right. But I would appreciated having that catalog okay. to say, hey, I'm going to try A.B. Colfer's way and I'm going to write a four line poem. But um, I'm glad that I have that, you know, catalog right. now in the next book that I write. I would like to, um, you know, pull inspiration from her just because right. it doesn't have to be long to be inspirational. Exactly. Um, it, it can be either. But I just really enjoyed reading a different poet's, you know, work and seeing there's so many ways that you can um you know write <laughs> and that's great and i'm actually writing down her name for myself because the other thing as we're saying that um from the pr side the publicity side um in the media when you're brand new you're always it kind of pays for you to have a comparator to your work um so or or your work is is 
connected to some type of movie style. Right. It just really helps. So if I'm like, people are like, well, what, describe your poetry. I would say, well, it's kind of, and this is what I've been told. It's like Lucille Clifton meets Maya mm. Angelou and Malcolm X visited. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that kind of resonates with people because I do do some short, but then I like Maya Angelou's rhythm because mm -hmm. I'm also a spoken word artist, but then I've got some pretty strong messages in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of my pieces that are about just being a black woman. Um, so right. there's a mix in there. Yeah. So it always helps when you're brand new and don't feel, um, don't feel negated by that. Mm -hmm. We're all, you know, we're writing, but sometimes we write similar to someone else. Right. And right. just in terms of people getting to know you before they know your name, everyone right. kind of wants a preview. So what's your writing style like? Well, I got a little Maya Angelou, some Jill Scott, the mm -hmm. Lucille Clifton with Malcolm X in there, and it yeah. makes it all of a sudden a little more right. interesting. Right, right. So those are things. That's why I say it's good to read other um, writers' works because you know sometimes yeah, there's going to be a little similar similarity here and there, and that's a great way to be able to just even describe your work. Yes, the name of her book is Not Enough, Just Enough. Okay. Oh, love that name. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I will definitely check it out. Maybe we can talk awesome. about it. So being an editor, I'm always excited and eager to learn about authors' experiences with editors. So what was your experience like working with an editor or did you self-edit? I mean, what recommendations do you have for authors looking for editors or in some instances, um, authors who may not be able to afford an editor? Like what is your overall take on the editing? Um, as far as from your standpoint and your experience? I would say editing is the most important thing when writing a book. I've got to say that. Um, I see people putting, yes, the book covers and all the other things are important. It's like the window dressing, sorry, the window design in front of a store. Well, that's going to get me in there. Then I get in there if the quality of the items in the store aren't great, then I'm not going to buy anything but it might bring me in. So it might make someone buy your book, but then once I read your book and it's not written well, you've got the sale, but I'm gonna share that. Right. I'm gonna share with other people. So you've got it. I would say the inside, I'm always belief of what's inside is more important. Outside is the attraction. Right. But if there's substance inside, then people are like, well, when's your next book? Or this girl can write, you know what I mean? So I would say editing is very important. Again, my experience, what happened with me is because I write anyway, but I, I don't even, no matter what I write, I know it's always important to have other eyes. Right. So my first page was I wrote the book, then I went through it page by page because I have to print off to really catch things. But then I sent it to about five authors that I knew asking now, do these, these questions, are they the relevant questions and are my answers thorough enough? Surprised to find out, no, because they wanted the detail level that, because I just know how to do it, I wasn't providing. So that was mm -hmm. invaluable. Mm -hmm. So when I got feedback from authors on what more they needed, I added that. And mm -hmm. then, no, I used an, a professional editor. Okay. I just don't think 
that there's any other way to put out a good product without an editor. I would, I've had clients hire me and when I, I read every book and I've told them that I can't put this out there. Yes, it will sell, but you've got so many grammatical errors that this is not going to be good for you. And fortunately, I know a few editors and three of those clients said, okay, we'll do it. The other two said, okay, we won't. I'm like, I can't work with you. Right. Because right. at the end of the day, your book might get sold, but I don't know as a publicist, what if somebody reads that book and they say, Sherry, I mean, did you right. even read that book? And I'm trying to be, I want, want to be known as the PR guru yes. and someone of worth and note, not just, oh, hi, I'm publicity. No, there's so much more to it. So right. I would say the editor, the editing is the most important. If you cannot hire a professional editor, I don't know. I just, these days again, because of self-publishing, um, everyone's an editor. So I think more so you'll be able to find an editor. <laughs> well, is that editor good? Ask that editor, editor whose books they've edited. Ask for three references and call the references. And if you can, if they offer this, some editors will say, well, let me send me one chapter, right. pay a nominal fee and I'll do this. But ask around and um, call references. And if you can, if that book, if a book is out there that they've edited, read it. It's just worth, I know everyone wants to get everything done really fast, but it's just really worth it to not go by word of mouth, but right. read something they've edited. Absolutely. But I would say, you know, get some evidence that they've done a good job. That's yes. what testimonials are for. And if you, you know, this is a big deal. Call some people, um, Google that person. You know, there are things that people just Google. If somebody's got something bad to say, you'll probably find it. Do take really um, take your time. Choose a good editor, um, if possible. Just just do your research on that person. I look at things like, okay, so you're an editor. I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna look at your website. Yes. I'm gonna look to see whose books you've worked on. I I want to know how serious you are about editing. Your English teacher is great. Your friend who's an English teacher is great. But again, depending on what you're writing, if it's a novel, it's a book, spend that money, but spend that money wisely. Yes. It's money well spent on editing. And maybe I shouldn't say it as much because I'm a publicist, but that's the most important thing. So <laughs> kudos to you. I'm just saying this is not a paid ad. Edit, your editor is your most important person yes. when you're writing a book. I'm always excited to hear that. Um, and when authors and writers recognize the importance of that, yeah. I'm always happy about that. I know, like I said, sometimes you have to skip it because you don't have the money for it. But in addition to what- Save the money. <laughs> in addition Seriously. to what Sherry recommended as far as like working with an English professor or teacher, you can also barter. So yeah, if, you, if you are a graphic designer or you design yeah. book covers, but you don't have yeah. money to pay an editor, you can reach yeah. out to an editor. Hi, my name is Katyra. I do book covers. I need an editor for my book, but I don't have the budget. Can I provide you with two covers in exchange for yeah. you editing my 50-page book? Or You're right. There's a lot of bartering now. Absolutely. In the author world. So 
So all is not lost for you authors who don't have the money to edit. So you have a couple of options. And then also, I think particularly with self-published authors, a lot of us are willing, if we're working with self-published authors, we know some of the limitations. Right. And I would say, um, you know, pay a little bit about, you know, maybe once the editor gets your book, maybe, or maybe you get, your friend or whoever to do the first level mm-hmm. so that maybe when that gets to book, if it's not as much, they might give you a small discount. Right. Um, so, you know, work on your payment plan, but just like you say for not as big as a car, mm-hmm. a trip, yeah. I know people pay 1500 to go on a trip. This yeah. is worth it. Mm-hmm. This is as important. So I think most um, professionals working with self-published authors, I think most of us are accepting some type of payment plan. Mm-hmm. And I just I just can't overemphasize how important this is. Mm-hmm. So have, have a really honest conversation um, with the editor. I'd say talk to at least three if you can. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it's, it's, it's the most important thing. If you want, if you're seeing what you're doing as a source of income and something that's serious, then be serious about your investment. That's awesome. Thank you so much for those, um, well, words of encouragement, but also words of advice and recommendations. I know that our listeners definitely appreciate that. So I'm curious to know, did you use beta readers before you published your your PR book? And what was that? Yes, and that's what I said. So the five authors that I knew. Okay. They were all, they were my beta readers. Oh, okay. Awesome. And they gave me invaluable feedback. In fact, at times I was like, wow. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know I had to go that deep. Yeah. Like things like um, how to get into a bookstore. And I would say, well, you know, stop by if it's somewhere in your neighborhood. Stop by, get, <laughs> try to have a relationship with the manager. Mm-hmm. Maybe leave a copy of your book or maybe leave a postcard and kind of consistently continue to check in. And then the office said, well, how often? Because we don't know. So do we go every week? Do we go every two weeks? <laughs> I said, oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know I had to be that specific they were like yes you need to be that specific because we don't know what frequently is because i well, not enough to be a pain in the butt so at least once a month at least maybe twice a month maybe depending on the reception from the person you spoke with but dropping in with a book is so if you can is so much more productive than just calling or emailing it really does make a difference when people can put a face to you or a name to you and they're usually impressed yeah. oh wow you took the time to stop in right. or you you frequent my bookstore things like that so yeah i didn't know i had to say drop in once <laughs> per month or mm-hmm. and they were like no because we really don't know that right. so right. it was invaluable to ask these beta readers who were also authors mm-hmm. what did i need to add to the information i was sharing because I get it. So I'm not really that author who doesn't get it. So I needed to hear from them. So it was beta readers are invaluable. But you know, you know, get a, a good number. Some people, some of not all of it may be relevant, but it's always good to know how people read your book. You know, because you're writing it, you're not seeing it as well. And speaking of not knowing, can you give us an overview of exactly what a beta reader is? We do have some, you know, listeners who are new to the writing field or new to being authors, and they might not know what that term is. 
gosh, you would probably know that term better than me. <laughs> I mean, I versus to me, a beta reader was just getting someone willing to review my book and give honest feedback. And it wasn't always called a beta reader. So that's a new term. So really it's, it's, you find now on, particularly on social media, when you're in these writing groups, which I encourage everyone to join, join authors and writing groups, there are lots of people who want, to, who will offer to read your book. Yes. Usually at no cost. You know, use the term beta reader and they, it gives them a chance to read a book and critique a book, which might help them in critiquing their own. And the critique is like good and bad. What do you think? Does this resonate with you? Um, what's missing? It's invaluable. Um, and sometimes they could be friends or sometimes it could be another author. But again, if you're in a writing organization, be it online or offline, typically you can just put, I'm looking for beta readers to review my novel, my book, and you will get volunteers. Yes. Kind of become like a cool thing to do is to be a beta reader, yeah. reading someone else's book and giving like feedback. Yes, that's awesome. Um, and I also recommend beta readers. Again, like she said, you can get honest reviews, honest information. Um, they'll let you know what's good, what's bad, um, any suggestions that they have. So especially for new authors, I would definitely recommend beta readers who can um, give you that feedback. So for you, Sherry, does writing energize or exhaust you? Writing saves me. That might be a little deep, but it does. I have a busy brain and uh, I'm highly analytical. And I think writing really soothes me. And particularly because I'm a poet and I'm a, I journal, it sort of helps me to empty out my brain, look at it, and really um, kind of sort out my head a little bit. You know, and I write my poetry. It might be something sitting on my brain for a while. And then it comes out, for me, it comes out as poetry. So writing is, is, keeps me sane, for lack of a better word. I say walking does that for me as well. Um, I'm just a, a thinker mm -hmm. and a natural introvert. I would say I'm an extroverted introvert. <laughs> and introverts, we spend a lot of time inside our head. Yes. And sometimes that, that can, you know, fill up. And for a lot of us, so writing in whatever format is really like a relief. And I think it helps us sort of put things in place. So I would say writing is, it's, it's as necessary. Okay, so after breathing and being black and like what I actually have to be and do, um, writing is, is core for me. I can't imagine my life without writing. And add reading in there too. And the more I read, the better I write. Yes. That's the other thing I want to add to, please. Please, please. You're taking your book seriously. You've got to read other authors writing in your genre. It just, again, it adds credibility to you. It just does. Read some other author. Because if you want to be interesting from my side as a, um, a media interview and opportunity, you don't want to hear that you've read somebody in your field, particularly fiction or fiction particularly. Gosh. Oh, I write romantic suspense, but I've never read any other romantic suspense authors. Isn't not a good look. <laughs> Plus, you know what? You want to do that. You want to right. see what's out here. You want to know what people are writing about. 
right? And plus it builds your vocabulary. Absolutely. I'm curious to know, do you write fiction as well? No, I can't even imagine <laughs> what it would be like. Um, I've thought about it, but I know if I ever want to write fiction, I would take some writing courses. Yes. I wouldn't just sort of try it. I, I can't even think in fiction. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just a real, but it doesn't mean I never will. And I right. just wonder, it must be really freeing to just write fiction. Do you write fiction, Katara? Somewhat. I have written for an anthology, so I did write a, a short oh, story wow. that was fictitious. Um, but most of my writing is nonfiction for me. It just mm. comes more naturally. Um, right. I like the research process, and I like knowing that uh, what I'm writing is factual, um, that right. I can protect the facts, that there's no, mm, you know, extra details or, like, I don't know. It, it's just simpler. It's more concrete for me. So I do write poetry. And then my first book, okay. uh, Professionalism, What's That? It covers like code switching and how to dress for success and oh, you know, all the things we need to know as entrepreneurs right. and employees that we don't learn in school. So right. I just default to um, writing nonfiction. Well, how was it writing the fiction? Um, short story. Um, it was it was challenging for me. Oh, okay. I, I had to come up with you know the names of the characters and what they look like and what they sound like and it was just a whole new world. It it's, um, takes a lot of more energy because it's all coming from you yeah. instead of you pulling from a resource. All that energy comes from you. So for me, it was exhausting. <laughs> So I, I don't usually write fiction. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's a coincidence that I mostly edit nonfiction as well. Oh, um, I have edited novels. Yeah. I've edited a comic mm -hmm. book. But most of my work as an editor has been nonfiction. And again, I think okay. that just comes from, yeah. you know, my preference. I, I, you know, it just comes easier for me. Um, but I'm open to doing more fiction in the future. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely wouldn't count it out either as an editor or author. But That's I, funny because when I first started out, I thought I was going to be strictly the nonfiction mm -hmm. publicist because I only write. And then... I just do everything now, children's mm -hmm. books, memoirs, mm -hmm. poetry. No, I don't, I, yeah, poets, yeah, pretty much everyone. Mm -hmm. And I actually love reading fiction. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, but then what's interesting is I can take that fiction and apply it to the real world. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, and then you realize how much fiction is based on reality. Very you know important. What I mean? And then how does it tie into what's happening in the world? So. Sure. Yeah, I've learned that, no, I don't need to specialize in just doing nonfiction. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I just, I work with all authors. That's awesome. And that's another thing I'll recommend to our listeners. Um, you can try more than one genre. You don't have to block yourself off. Um, as a matter of fact, opening up the genres will make you that much uh, better as a writer, as an author, because you'll have different um, pools that you can pull resources and knowledge exactly. from. It makes you more... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? More well-rounded. Um, okay. So try it at least once. Um, even if you don't write it, read it. Um, so like I said, I mean, doing the 
editing the comic book was brand new for me. I don't read comics. You edited a comic book? Yes, yes. So that wow. was that was awesome. Um, it was a brand new experience for me. Like I said, okay. I don't read comic books. So it gave me a different aspect. Like I said, um, I'm not usually into fiction, but it just opened up the world mm. of possibilities. Wow, that's and, cool. Yeah, so um, I definitely recommend all you writers and authors to, you know, read and or write in different genres. It'll definitely make you um, that much better at your at your craft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, is there any last minute um, either recommendations or projects that you're working on that you want to share okay. with our listeners? Well, I've entered the virtual world in terms of my workshops because I do a lot of workshops. Um, I used to do a lot of workshops in the real world, which of course is now more the virtual <laughs> world. I did workshops at the Writer's Center in DC. Um, I do workshops in the Enoch Pratt system here in the Baltimore, Maryland area. I've done conferences, I've done professional associations and everyone kept saying, you need to do a webinar and I was kind of resisting it. And then of course, COVID-19 yes. hit. And so now I've actually compiled now. So I have four, specific workshops so far that I'm doing um, for authors. I'm probably going to broaden that a little bit to other artists, but I'm doing, I decided out of all the workshops that these are the four most relevant. And so you can find out about these workshops that I'm going to do now July and August, and then I'll start them back in mid-September and on. And that one is called 15 Minutes of Fame, How to Secure an Author Interview. One is called How to Promote Your Own Book. And it includes a copy of my PR guide. I have a new one on how to author PR tips during COVID-19. And then I have Get Your Author PR Toolkit Right. Um, and that's the fourth. The Get Your Author PR Toolkit Right and the COVID-19 are micro workshops and they're free. Okay. And then the 15 Minutes of Fame and How to Promote Your Book, they're around the $50 range. And they're okay. two hours. The micro workshops are one hour. So okay. check them out on my website, um, eclecticpr.com, because when you take workshops and you learn the language and you learn the process, it makes um, doing your own PR, if you choose to, easier. But it also gives you a sense of what to ask for. If you do hire a publicist like me, you have some language and you have a sense of what you want. And it gives you such a different outlook on your own work when you hear the things that um, like the media looks for or what your book cover should include or just general ideas about how to promote your own book. Um, These are really good beginnings to understanding the business of books because the business of books is really what makes your book product successful, not just the writing of the book as much as it seems kind of crazy, you take all this time and you write this amazing book. And then if you don't understand the business side, that book could sort of sit there. So you've got to know both. And um, so my workshops are a really good way to begin that process. And then oftentimes people do the workshop and then they probably hire me because they've learned my style and it gives me an opportunity to show my knowledge. So you don't have to guess does this woman know what she's talking about if you go to a workshop? So that's kind of something that I'm working on during the summer, just sharpening up those workshops for the fall and winter um, sessions. And what led you to start your PR firm? Again, um, 
timing. I, uh, the directors at the museum I was at, we all got let go because of okay. budget. Okay. And I was in that slump. And then, you know, people were like, do a workshop, do this. And then okay. once I did the workshop and authors realized, oh, she knows what she's talking about, okay. they started saying, can I work with you? Awesome. So it was like, okay. And okay. it just, you know, one thing grew from the next. And now, you know, I'm doing books primary, primarily for the last five years. So it really, it came to me because it was not an intent for me to become a book publicist, even if I read and I write, it never really connected for me. So that's when you see like things are designed and that, you know, you're not always choosing your path because sometimes it's placed in front of you. So now I know so much about publishing and I work with traditional and self-published authors and before COVID hit, I've been, I was invited to sit on a panel at three conferences, which was new. So, you know, I'm now, I guess I can now pitch to online conferences, but, you know, timing. And what I did learn to do too is, even if I was like scared, I say yes. So I read that book, um, Shonda Rhimes, Year of Saying Yes. And I just decided anything people ask me <laughs> in the area of books, I'm just going to say yes. And then you could research and you can add it to your repertoire. And so that's what I've been doing. Just say yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for those words of, of encouragement. And thank you so much for being a guest today. I really appreciated learning more about you, your business, your writing. And how can our listeners keep in touch with you, Sherry? Okay, I am the email person. They love email. So the best way to get me is info at at eclecticpr.com and that's e-c-l-e-c-t-i-c-p-r.com also sherry woods dash eclectic pr on facebook and i'm on twitter and instagram under sherry woods and you can go to my website send me a message 